It is time for the Big Sky Conference Tournament in Boise, Idaho. And joining us right now to break it all down on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, good friend of the show, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Riley, it's been a while since we last chatted. Hope you're doing well, man. Hey, right back at you, Anthony. Great to be on the show again. Always a special time of year here with the conference tournament. It feels like a refreshed energy waking up this morning. So we're all fired up, ready to go. I was about to say, man, just give me your thoughts on getting to this point. Obviously, the season had its up and downs. There were some canceled games, obviously. But just your thoughts of getting to this point, getting to the conference tournament where it was this time last year where everything got shut down. Well, and that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind for me, Anthony, just just the one-year anniversary of kind of what we've all had to live through the last year because I have the vivid memory of going to the Grizzly film session before their quarterfinal game against Idaho State. And then all of a sudden, everything got shut down. Before we knew it, we were on in a car coming home. And by the time I got to my front door was the time it was supposed to be tip-off in Boise. So it was certainly surreal at that point. Um, but for, for this group to kind of get through all protocols this year, I could time with the course of the last couple of months. It's taken a lot of dedication. And I think that, that goes a little bit um, overshadowed, Anthony. It's just the sacrifice that all these players have made maybe from a social perspective, that they have really locked themselves in just to make sure they could get to this point. So they should be appreciated for that and also should enjoy the moment here this week. Riley, let's talk about this Grizz basketball team. A little bit unfamiliar position for them, but obviously they end this season with a four-game winning streak. How do you feel about that, and how much momentum can that be for this team going into the tournament? I tell you what, Anthony, it was exactly what the team needed coming in, especially this young group, because, again, coming into the season, they were a young team that didn't have as much practice time with each other. So the fact that they were able to get that um, towards the end of the season, it just took them 20, 20 games, I think, to figure out their roles, because you had some of the all-time greats that have come through the program the last couple of years. It was You're going to be worked into the rotation, and then as a sophomore, you're going to grow, and it just seemed those natural progression points this team just hasn't had that this year, starting to figure it out here towards the final couple games. Riley, for this season, as you we kind of alluded to earlier, it's been up and down, and as you mentioned, it took 20 games. But with a young team now, are they finally just hitting that stride? And can this adversity also be used as a big jump for them? I think it can, because, Anthony, when you play at Montana in the Big Sky Conference, it's different. You're going to get the other team's best shot every game, and it's really hard to describe. And, yes, Coaches might have been hammering that point home with this group and dealing with adversity, but they know now if they don't bring their A game 100% of the time, they are going to get beaten. That has happened a couple of times this year, but now they know what it means uh, to play for Montana and having that big target on your back and dealing with adversity because this team has. They have been battle-tested. You hear that old saying, right, that by the end of the year, freshmen become sophomores. That's certainly the case with this group, a record-breaking freshman class not only in starts combined by the three of them, Anthony, but point production as well. So it's just been a breath of fresh air, but these freshmen and sophomores really have grown up the last month of the season. With freshmen, it can be challenging, obviously, with a big tournament like this. So let me get your thoughts on that, Riley. Obviously, the goal is, and you don't want to look too far ahead of the future because obviously it looks so promising with these freshmen, but how to try and channel that this week as well with the promise, but at the same time, these guys, the first time in the Big Sky Conference tournament. And again, I think that series against Eastern Washington, Anthony, where the Grizzlies were, quite frankly, they were humbled a little bit in those two losses because Eastern Washington was ready to bring it from the outset. And to me, it felt like a tournament game 
that weekend. And now this team knows what that's going to be. So you do it is a double-edged sword because they, you can't really explain it uh, much like what we just talked about. You can't explain it until you get in the moment. But this Grizzly team, I think with the draw, which I know we're going to get to here in a second, but with the draw for Montana, getting that game against Idaho and, and not saying that it's an easy win because Idaho obviously is playing their best basketball right now, but if Montana were to win that game, it kind of gets the jitters out, so to speak, for the Grizzlies before they would get set for a big-time quarterfinal matchup against Weber State. Riley, something that's been interesting about this basketball season is the the fact that there's not been a lot of fans, and obviously we know how much energy players can uh, feed off of that, and I don't think that's really going to change here. So how do you feel about this team with the aspect of it's a tournament, not going to be a lot of fans, not going to be a lot of energy to draw from? Uh, that's a great point. I was just talking about that, honestly, with the coaching staff yesterday. The good news is, and it sounds so small, Anthony, but each team gets 100 tickets in, and that's friends and family that can come watch. So that might give the guys an added lift. Um, but as far as creating their own energy, they've had to really do it all season long. And I think the intensity of the conference tournament might overtake the fact that there's not going to be as many fans in there. Sometimes in these early round games anyway, you're not seeing more than a couple hundred fans even in a normal season. So I'm interested to see how the intensity is because obviously you can feel it. It's different when it's win or go home season on the line. So uh, my guess is the intensity is going to maybe overlap um, the fact that we're not going to have fans there. But it's just another shame, unfortunately, that uh, that the conference championship is going to be decided of a crowd of less than 300. My feature guest is Ryan Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. We'll talk about their matchups against Idaho next here on the Knock on Sports. Think about where you were one year ago today. What were you planning for? Whether or not you planned for a new challenge, you got it. And most importantly, you succeeded. Cooking at home, learning at home, and banking at home. At Whitefish Credit Union, we understand you've been through a lot. And as you move through the year, just know we'll be right there at your side. This year, next year, and always. Whitefish Credit Union. Subject to membership eligibility. Later this week, the Big Sky Conference Tournament gets underway in Boise, Idaho. And breaking it all down right now is the voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran. Riley, let's get your thoughts on this matchup against Idaho. And as I mentioned earlier, the Grizz in an unfamiliar position. They're going to have to win four games in four days. Usually in the past, this is a team that gets a first-round bye. It is, and it's going to be a different mindset for Coach DeCure. It's the first time for him that he's going to have to coach a team on the opening day, and I think that's going to be more for down the road. This team, is, as we talked about in the previous segment, this team is going to benefit from getting, quote-unquote, a warm-up game or just getting a game underneath them if they were to advance and take on Weber State. I think that playing four games in four days is really going to affect Montana on the back end if they do pull off an upset in advance, maybe into the semifinals, potentially the championship game. Just the wear and tear of playing back-to-back days. And this team now, they're down to 10 healthy players. So they started the year with 15, down to 10. So it's going to be tough, I think, on the back end for this squad. But for the mindset and everything in between, yes, they were chasing that first-round bye in Boise. But now the fact they look at the draw, they get Idaho, a team that they didn't play in the regular season so it kind of feels like okay it feels like the tournament started anyway how it's supposed to so uh, i think for this group it's going to work out well on the front end we'll see if it has many effects on friday saturday if the Grizz were to make it that far boy isn't that interesting opening up against a team you haven't played in a conference tournament and with that being said right give me your thoughts on this matchup here as uh, also in the tournament so far 
Uh, six and eleven seed, number six seed's been three and two so far. Uh, yeah, exactly. And you have to be on red alert for that. And exactly last year, Idaho State defeated Northern Arizona. So I think for this Montana group taking on Idaho, it would have been a different feel and a different answer to the question, Anthony, if they would have played last week. But the fact that the games got canceled, it feels like I, I know that I felt the same way that the team did, where the prep was almost done um, for the game. And then all of a sudden, then we hear the game's going to get canceled. So it feels like to me, it was more just we hit the pause button on getting ready for Idaho, and now all of a sudden we hit resume again. So uh, for this matchup, I, I think Idaho, obviously a team that's playing their best basketball, they went through plenty of struggles through the first part of the year, but you beat Montana State, you're competitive in games down at Southern Utah. The Grizz know they can't overlook the Vandals, and especially it's a dangerous situation because it's going to be interesting for Montana. Usually they're the ones with the target on their back. Well, this year they're the ones that can maybe go in and surprise some people. They have to be aware of that in game one not to overlook Idaho because Idaho has nothing to lose, and that's a scary proposition if you're the opponent. Riley, looking at the path for the Grizzlies to get to Saturday night, uh, obviously, as we've just been talking about against Idaho, likely a matchup against Weber State if they win, and then potentially, depending on how that top half of that bottom bracket works out, it looks like Eastern Washington once again. Do they have a favorable path, or is this going to be some real tough matchups? Well, I think if you break down the bracket from top to bottom, Anthony, the upper half of the bracket, I think that everyone in the bottom half is pretty loaded when you think of a of an Eastern Washington, a Weber State, Montana, the last two tournament champs there, and then a Portland State who's always a dangerous team. It's easy to say, I think, that the, the bottom half of the bracket is loaded. Now, before the last game was canceled for Weber State, it was set up where Montana was going to have to be lined up with Eastern Washington. I think it's no secret that's probably the toughest matchup for Montana here is if they have to play Eastern. Against Weber State, here's the thing. The Wildcats, they're very senior-laden against the young Grizzly team, but Montana played one of their best games of the year and beat Weber State. So just that confidence factor for the Grizz, you got to love it. And again, it's what we referenced. It's so big. Weber State is going to be sitting in Boise for two days they will not have an opportunity to go even get shots up in the gym due to COVID-related protocols, and then they'll have to come in. They're the final team to take the floor. It could set up for a situation where maybe Weber State would have a slow start. So I like the draw in the sense for the Grizzlies. Eventually, you're going to have to beat some of the top three, right? You're going to have to beat Southern Utah or Eastern Washington if you want to crown yourself champions. But for the initial draw, I like it to start for this young Grizzly team. Riley, give me your thoughts on the overall conference here. How much is there any separation from those top teams in the middle of the pack? Is it close? Is it far and wide? What is it? I've, I've thought after seeing all the teams, Anthony, that the top three have some separation over everybody else. And the records certainly reflect that. Southern Utah, Eastern Washington, Weber State. They're all senior laden. They all have veteran experience, talent on the board. So that's been a fascinating aspect this year is the three best teams are the three best offensive teams. Usually you say you win with defense. Well, this year it's an offensive league, a senior-laden team in Eastern Washington, Southern Utah, Weber State. Those are the top three. And then I think it would go into the next tier of teams that could maybe make a surprise, and I would put Montana at the top of that list. But certainly from what I've seen all year, and especially how the brackets shook out, Anthony, I think there is some clear separation between the top three and everyone else. It would be considered a massive upset if on Saturday night it's not either Southern Utah, Eastern Washington, or Weber State cutting down the net. Riley, what's the biggest thing the Grizz have to do to win this tournament? I think they need to stay poised. They absolutely have to lock in for 40 minutes. They have had lapses all year where they just kind of 
Uh, it just seems been out of character, and that has let teams get back into games. You go and look at it, when they put 40-minute performances together, they beat Washington on the road, they beat Weber State, the, obviously the number three seed who they know they're going to line up against, but then also against Arizona, they played 35 minutes where they were outscoring the Wildcats before a five-minute lapse, and then some of these conference games where they've let slip away. So if they really can stay focused, locked in for 40 minutes, really show that mental growth, I think from the beginning of the year to now um, with this young group, I really think that this team, if they play 40 minutes of basketball, they're going to give everyone their best shot. Right now we are with Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, as he gets ready to call the Big Sky Conference tournament that gets underway later this week in Boise, Idaho. Uh, let's take a few minutes here, jump over to the football field, because the Grizz do have two spring games. Riley, let me just get your thoughts. Obviously, we're, we're still a month out before we get to those two football games, and obviously they're not going to count towards any kind of record or anything, but uh, just your thoughts on the Grizz playing Central Washington and then scheduling Portland State. I'm a little biased, Anthony, but I think it sets up perfectly. I think with all the, the problems that maybe you're going to see with the protocols and getting through a, a full spring season, the Grizz might turn out having the best idea of them all, just with being able to have fans in the stands for two games, um, however limited that may be, and to really kind of have um, an incentive at the end of spring ball. This team is going to go through their normal spring ball for three, four weeks, doing it in a safe fashion here as the weather has turned as everyone knows in montana if the grizzlies were practicing in mid to late january when it was below zero um and the turf was frozen it just would not have been ideal so uh these are legit opponents as well i think a lot of people maybe thought well is it going to be an naia school is it going to be uh, a full game and it absolutely is going to be you have a division two powerhouse in central washington that supposed to play the Grizzlies anyway. There's been rumors that they might move up to Division One in the next couple of years anyway, so that's a legit opponent. And then Portland State, a big sky school. I mean, and those are two teams, I think, that could be in the top 25 in the country when the fall poll comes out. So I think it's great for the Grizzlies. And an important note, too, uh, that I was really surprised when I talked with Coach Houck on the latest Inside the Den podcast, Anthony, is that the, the stats from these games, like the records as far as if Marcus Knight had a 100-yard rushing game or Sammy Akem had a 100-yard receiving game, those will count, believe it or not, in the record book. So that was something that certainly surprised me and I think would surprise a lot of people as well. So even more incentive for this team to uh, get ready to go for those two games in April. No, that'll be really exciting. Glad to hear that. Because uh, obviously the win-loss really won't matter. And, and with that being said, Riley, real quick, do want to get your thoughts. Because obviously, I think this weekend everything went about where it was supposed to. But two weekends ago, we saw North Dakota State losing. North Dakota's beaten three-ranked teams already as well. What have you thought about the teams that are playing within the FCS right now? I think it's pretty impressive just to see the surprises, right? And it's, it's very bizarre if you go from maybe a college basketball standpoint compare it to what's going on in the fcs your blue blood so to speak are the teams that are expected to win with the long tradition of winning north dakota state of course in the mix james madison i know they had a scare over the weekend but those are the teams that are struggling you compare it to maybe a duke a kentucky a michigan state on the national basketball landscape so um i think it's just really hard for these groups that are supposed to be the favorites to try and bring it every game with maybe limited um, limited fan support or everything in between. So I think it's going to be wild, topsy-turvy. Um, I'm in the camp as far as, you know, is it a legitimate season as far as when the national champion crowned? I would say no to that. So regardless of what happens down here, I think it's always going to come with an asterisk. But it certainly is interesting just to see the changing of the guard. And who knows, maybe it is 
maybe a little bit of a preview of what's going to happen in the fall with North Dakota State certainly seeming vulnerable. Right now we are with Riley Corcoran. Riley, one last question for you because I know you love talking about this. Your world champion Dodgers in spring training. Spring training games have already begun as well. Uh, so how excited are you and, and what do you think about your Dodgers as they try to defend their crown? Boy, that never gets old here in world champion Dodgers back to back to back there, Anthony. I appreciate it. It is exciting. Baseball's going again, uh, again, because a year ago we were getting ready for spring training and everything got shut down. But my gosh, with the Dodger pitching staff, I, I'm obviously super excited. I'm really hopeful that they will allow um, fans in the stadiums down in California so I can go see my Dodgers in person. But that, that pitching staff, I don't know how you're going to beat them in a series when you have Trevor Bauer. Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, David Price, Julio Urias, Dustin May. It's going to be fun to watch. I cannot wait to get through the grind here of Grizzly football and basketball, and that'll mean to settle in and watch a, a nice couple months of baseball season. This just means I get to hear you and John Kemper all on Twitter talking about the Dodgers all summer <laughs> long. I already feel a headache coming. Oh, man. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, be, we'll, we'll, we'll be nice to you. I, I've already got it circled, Anthony. We'll be nice to you that final weekend in April when we uh, head out to Milwaukee and take three out of four from you guys. But don't worry, John, and I will be nice to you all year long. We appreciate the love. <laughs> Thanks, Riley. I appreciate that, my man. <laughs> Riley Corcoran joining us here on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. Riley, if people want to catch the latest episode of Inside the Den podcast, how can they do that? GoGrizz.com slash Inside the Den, or, of course, any of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, down the list. You can download it. Released, in my opinion, maybe one of the best episodes in our two years of doing this. Today, actually, it's an interview with the three legends of Grizzly basketball of the last couple of years, Ahmad Rory, Michael Guine, and Saeed Pridgett. They're all playing overseas. We coordinated this and did a Zoom where we were able to talk with all of them. That got released today, so make sure to go check it out, gogrizz.com slash Inside the Den. Riley, really appreciate the time, as always. Really appreciate the insight as well. Have fun in Boise. Look forward to chatting with you again soon. Always a pleasure, Anthony. Have a good week.